This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. At this time, Russ Brinkley will read from the Word of God, James chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be here with you today in the house of the Lord. We ask that the Holy Spirit would pour out knowledge and uh, just help us to understand His Word as we read through this together. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest fire what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And now we ask Pastor Lou to share his divine wisdom with us. Thank you. Today's message is, in, is entitled, Minding your speech rather than speaking your mind. That is the difference between a wise person and a foolish person. A wise person minds his speech. A foolish person speaks his mind. I heard the expression, uh, she gave me a piece of her mind she could ill afford to lose. And sometimes we open mouth and insert foot. Sometimes we say a word and it is so hurtful and painful it could even affect the relationship negatively. 
Our mouths, our tongues, our words, they are powerful in terms of how we use them. And we're going to look at that today. Okay, my battery is gone on that one. Oh, okay. So why do we need to mind our speech? Four reasons. Number one, we are accountable for what we say. Number two, words have the power to direct lives. And number three, uncontrolled speech causes damage. And number four, only God can help us tame our words. Let's look at the first one. But before we do, I heard that this is the verse to put on your cell phones. Put on whatever you need that's going to be prominent to remind you about your speech. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Wouldn't it be great if we kept that front and center Wouldn't it be great if that was our goal, that every word that came out of our mouths was for building up and not tearing people down? It was to listen to them, their needs, and to speak words that would touch their hearts and benefit them as they hurt us? That's a wonderful thing. And it's only possible when you allow the Spirit of God to control you and to direct your words. The next one says, We won't be able to change to the next one. The next one is, we are accountable for what we say. James 3, 1 to 2. Now, many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. So, in the church, James was addressing a problem. The problem was many people wanted the upfront role of teacher. They wanted to have the authority. They wanted to have the uh, accolades. They wanted to have the attention. They wanted to have the influence. But James was sobering them up by saying, not many of you, of the many who want and clamor for that role, should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Notice how he said, my fellow believers. My fellow believers is just to remind them that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We are fellow believers. Whether you're a teacher or not a teacher, we're all servants of the Lord. Is that not true? And so many of you should not become teachers, my fellow believers, because it's not a raise in position or status. It's a serious responsibility. Let him who speaks the word of God speak as if he's speaking the very oracles of God. May the one who speaks be accurate in handling the word of God, a teacher who need not be ashamed. And so we are accountable for what we say. And the Bible says that we will be called to an account. Now, what does that mean? It means that we're not going to lose our salvation over what we say. But we may lose reward 
that we can have for eternity in our capacity to glorify God. And we don't want that. We want to glorify God as much as possible by being faithful and true in how we act and what we say. And teachers are responsible not in just what they teach, but in how they live. Because a life can cancel out what the words are saying. So lest a fellow believer say, okay, I won't be a teacher then. James reminds everybody, we all stumble in many ways. And we all admit it. We've all blown it. We all have our growth areas. We all have our struggles. We all have failed in one ear or the other. Some people's sins are obvious to everybody, and others, their sins will follow them. That is, that they'll come out later. The point here is that James is saying the person, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. So if you're able to speak perfectly, then good for you because you have learned the power of self-control and of speaking a wise word at the right time. However, the sentence before that, we all stumble in many ways, mitigates that most of us have failed, if not all of us. The only one who's perfect is Jesus. So words have the power to direct lives. James 3, uh, verses 3 to 5a, talk about bits in the mouths of horses and rudders that direct ships. Let's read about that. James 3, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example, although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. James is arguing from the smaller to the larger, saying that the small things, like a bit in the mouth of a horse, when you pull it to the right, it turns the horse's head to the right, and the horse goes to the right direction. You pull it to the left, the horse goes the left direction. A rudder, you move that, and it moves in the direction, opposite direction you want it to go uh, as the rudder directs. So the point here is words have the power to direct, and James brings that home with the punchline in 5a. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. The book of Proverbs says, There's life and death in the power of our words. So our words are powerful, and they can give direction to us and direction to those we speak to. They have the power of influence, and that's why we need to be careful what we say. Let's say somebody needs encouragement, and you just said you could never do that. Guess what you just did? You crushed their spirit. You poured water on their fire, you dashed their dreams, and they may never achieve what they were hoping to achieve just because your word was critical and negative and um, destructive. So we've got to be careful what we say. Our words are like arrows. Once you release them, 
you can't grab them back. And we're accountable for our words in that, let's say a gossip goes to the priest and confesses, I'm sorry, priest, I've said a whole bunch of negative things about you, about the church, and everybody in the church. Uh, how many Our Fathers and Hail Marys do I need to say to, uh, to get forgiven for this? And the priest tells him, you know what? I want you to take a pillow filled with feathers, and I want you to go to the top of the church steeple, and I want you to shake all the feathers out of the pillow, and then I want you to collect all the feathers. That's the power of words, uncontrolled and unedited and just spoken out with any sense of um, appropriateness to gather every one of those feathers is to realize the negative impact that gossip, for example, can have. Uncontrolled speech causes damage. Verse 5b is where James changes and saying, Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. Now, many of you can think about this practically in your own lives because you survived the campfire in paradise. A small spark started the great fire that burned down this town of paradise five years ago. And so we consider a great forest fire started by a small spark. And James says, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil. Now, this description he's going to get to about the tongue is pretty bad. Dentists wouldn't want to work on you if they knew what uh, the tongue was like. The tongue is a fire. It's a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, and it sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is, and is itself set on fire by hell. That strong view that James has, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is telling us that the tongue left by itself, without any taming, without any controlling, without any uh, direction, will wreak disastrous havoc. Because Satan wants to get a hold of your tongue and uh, get you to tear people to pieces, to accuse them, to um, uh, say things that are demeaning, and so forth. You know, in Ephesians chapter 4, 26 to 27, do not let the devil have a foothold in your anger. The point here is don't vent out all of your anger, throwing everything at that person, including the kitchen sink, because Satan is just handing you the stuff to throw at that person. He wants your tongue to do damage. Someone says, you know, I don't have much of an anger problem, uh, but when I do blow, I'm like a volcano. And boy, the destruction after that is pretty bad. So the tongue is a fire. James is saying this so that you not have a negative view of yourself. You just realize the 
the depth of the problem of sin that needs to be dealt with. Now, Jesus got to the heart of this, literally, when he said, it's not what goes in your mouth that that, uh, defiles you. It's what comes out of your mouth from your heart. So our words really come from our hearts. And if our hearts are corrupt and they're controlled by Satan and he's got influence in our lives, we're going to resemble him in lying and cheating and tearing people down and um, all manner of evil. So this is a ungenerated tongue, but yet Christians can struggle because of our spiritual battle between the flesh and the spirit. So only God can help us tame our words. James 3, 7 to 12. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. That point is so key. It's saying the tongue is restless evil set on fire by hell itself. Animals can be tamed, but the tongue cannot be tamed. Wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of sin? That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 7. The answer is only God. Only by the Spirit of God can we tame the tongue. Because it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. You know, this is like the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. If you read the words to A Mighty Fortress is Our God, Martin Luther does not paint the devil as a wimp. He paints the devil as an incredible enemy. But he upholds Jesus as the victor. We in our own strength, our strength would be failing against such an opponent as Satan. But if he, Jesus, had not been on our side, we would not be able to have victory. The tongue can be tamed by trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and by asking the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and discernment before you open your mouth, before you speak, and to check your heart and your attitude towards people and situations. With the tongue, it goes on to say, We praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. This is the second time he said this should not be. This should not be characteristic of a Christ follower. This should not be part of your lifestyle as one who wants to Love the Lord and live for Him. Today, we sang several hymns of praise that spoke about the tongue. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. And take my voice and let me sing always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from Thee. Filled with messages from Thee how possible it is for you to come sing praise in church and uh, yell and scream at your family on the way home. It's very possible. 
How many could relate to this example? A couple are having a very knockout, dragout kind of argument. The phone rings. One of them picks up the phone and says, Hello? You know what I'm talking about. How can you go from yelling and screaming to picking up the phone and being the epitome of courtesy in saying in a gentle, loving word, Hello, may I help you? It's a choice. It's a choice. We choose our attitude. We choose the um, tone of voice that we're going to have. And by the Holy Spirit helping us, we want the source of the Spirit to express through us words that are loving and peaceful and caring. There was a great hymn that I sang in uh, college. May we live, may we uh, live in living echoes of your tone. In other words, may our tone reflect the tone of Jesus. So out of our mouth should come praise, and out of our mouth should come words of love and adoration to other people, valuing them. Cursing is not what should come from the heart. So James, to make this point, says, Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grape vine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. The bottom line of his point is only God can uh, tame our words. The more we let Jesus be Lord of our hearts, the more we allow him to fill us so that the fruit of the Spirit comes out of love and joy and peace and patience and the other things, then we see that our words are in line with what he wants. The Bible is very clear that our words are important. We're accountable for what we say. Words have the power to direct lives. Uncontrolled speech causes damage. And only God can help us to tame our words. Would you bow with me in prayer? And right now we're going to have a come to Jesus meeting. Do you know what that means? That means that we're going to look at our words and our attitudes behind our words. We're going to look at our hearts I'm going to say, first of all, is Jesus in your heart? Have you ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Today can be the day where you say, Lord, I recognize that my heart is grumpy. I'm critical. I'm negative. I attack people. I try to prove myself as superior to others. I put people down. I confess I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead. And I ask you to come into my life, forgive me of my sins, and be my Lord and Savior. And then perhaps you have trusted in Christ like the people who received this letter did. And you are not living like Christ. Your words do not reflect Christ's love and kindness and you are repenting right now, and you're saying, Lord, this ought not to be. By your Spirit, take control of me. Fill me. May the fruit of your Spirit be expressed through my life. Lord, I'm sorry for the unwholesome words that have come from my mouth. 
may I speak words that edify people, that benefit them. Thank you, Lord, for what you want to do in my life. I yield myself to you. May I really live out what I truly believe. May I be a Christian in my heart. May I be a Christian in my speech. May I be a Christian in my actions. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. We need you. Amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.